All right, guys, welcome back to Real Estate Investing with Alex Deacon. Alex. Yeah. My friend, my sir, my confidant. Yes, sir. My my tutor, my uh, my role model, uh, my new hero. Oh, please. So, <laughs> so listen, so in the past couple episodes, we've kind of been stringing you guys along a little uh, We've been leaving little breadcrumbs here. Uh, first, we talked about, uh, early earlier on this week, we talked about... Uh, you know, buying your first property, uh, now what? Then we kind of bridged over into open houses and staging. And today we're going to kind of talk about uh, marketing your flip. So yes. if you're buying a property and you plan on flipping that, that's what we're going to talk about. So Alex, the deacon, all the knowledge that you have, mm-hmm. please share the wealth. Okay. Well, let's talk. I'm going to I'm going to test you. Okay. Oh. We're going to do some testing. So here, here's public. So marketing failure. your flip. Marketing our flip. Or as one of my friends, Filipino friends, good buddy I went to high school with, great guy, marketing your plip. Plips? Your plip. He would call it a plip. <laughs> so let's market our plip. Um, how can we do that? We can do it by staging, mm-hmm. right? Virtual tours, mm-hmm. uh, the color schemes we use in the house, carpeting picks, flooring picks, uh, signs. You can have a website. You can literally have a website for your house, right? Neon lights out front saying, buy this house, please. You could have chicks in bikinis out front, you know? Or maybe guys in, you know, Speedos, whatever. The Borat. Or both. The Borat, yeah. Yeah, whatever you need. Whatever works. Uh, Price is part of marketing. Landscaping. Um, That's the overall curb appeal, right? The sights and smells when you walk into the house. Furniture, like staging, like we talked out of all of those, and probably hundreds of other things we can talk about, what was the most important, do you think? Price. Price. That is correct. But you knew that. I, I, I Yeah, I, it, I, folks, don't let them fool you, because I, I we, we did this before, and you, you picked something else. Yeah, I didn't see it. On, you I, I didn't think about it. You picked the chicks and bikinis, didn't you? I, well, yes, no, you no, did. oh, way to throw me under the bus. Thanks. So when my wife listens to this, no. I, I, I didn't see <laughs> price on it. Now, I will say this, though. You know, after reading through it, it makes a hell of a lot of sense because what better way to market your home than by the price of the home? Price is everything. Mm-hmm. It's ninety nine percent of it. It really is. It. And that's ninety percent. Maybe it's not. It's it's probably not ninety nine percent of it when you're talking like million dollar houses. Okay. We're selling to folks that have just money they don't know what to do with. You know, a little more high maintenance. They really want you to work for the sale. I guess it's a different market. I don't know that market. But anything <laughs> under like a half a million or even a million dollars. A million dollars doesn't buy a lot of home today in some neighborhoods, to be honest. Which know? is amazing to me. Yeah, it's incredible. But, you know, these are, um, it's price. It really boils down to that. If you have a home that's on a busy street and you have 50 steps to get to that house and there's no off-street parking, how are you going to make that more appealing to a buyer? Right. What's the only way? Drop the price. You got to drop the price, man. You got to make that price so appealing that people want to burn their their quads walking up mm-hmm. those steps at the groceries every day. Mm-hmm. They don't mind getting their mirrors knocked off by cars going back and forth because the street's <laughs> so tight and so busy. It's price, man. You know? If you have a super nice yard and you're on a cul-de-sac in the best neighborhood, it's still price. Yeah. I mean, you can't pri- you can't price your home at if it's in a half a million dollar neighborhood on the in the best location of that neighborhood. You can't price the home like it's two neighborhoods over, which is a, qu- a three quarters of a million dollar neighborhood. 
you're not going to get it. Sometimes you get lucky. And that's what will happen with a lot of my clients is I'll try to explain to them, uh, we can price this home to sell, or we can price this home to get lucky. Now, getting lucky can be expensive and stressful and frustrating. But if you have, if you don't mind stress and you don't mind being patient and you don't mind being frustrated, then let's price it high. If you truly need to sell your home and you want to sell it at the maximum amount possible in a reasonable amount of time, you can't sell quickly and for the most amount of money. Right. You can sell quickly or in a reasonable time for the most amount of money. But time and price are completely polar opposites. If you want the highest price, it's going to take longer. Right. And sometimes you get lucky. Now, if you base all of your market analysis on one sale, because the neighbor's house sold for 300000 mine's worth three hundred. Well, the neighbor's house maybe was a little bit nicer. Maybe extra garage. Neighbors maybe. just hit a, a, a grand slam. They just they just hit it right. Folks were coming in from Chicago where houses are six hundred thousand. Saw your house, first house they looked like needed to make a decision that weekend, overpaid. But the other ten homes that sold in the past six months in your neighborhood all sold for two seventy five to two eighty. So we can't price your house at three twenty and expect to get it sold quickly unless you want to get lucky and then what are the cons of being pricing it high are holding stress costs, frustration, frustration you know holding costs yeah. exactly and a lot of it has to do financially like when you're so when you're a flipper or a plipper flipper when you plip every day costs you money right every day is costing you dollars so selling it in a reasonable time is super critical when you're living in the house and this is, you're not a super hurry because maybe you haven't designated a new house to buy yet, or maybe your relocation hasn't gone through yet, so you're just testing the market. Hey, if I get 20000 over asking price, hell, I'll just move down to Atlanta and rent for right. now, right. right? That's a different story. Most people need to sell because they're flipping it and they need to sell it now, so they need to price it right and get it sold quickly in a reasonable time without giving it away mm. or they just need to sell because they're buying another house and if they don't sell this house it's holding up their whole life's plans right. because they want an extra five or ten thousand dollars over the grand scheme of things is nothing right you know, so it's nothing because when you buy your new house and you so you're selling your house for three hundred you're buying this four hundred thousand dollar home and you're worried about five or ten grand right. <laughs> amortized over thirty years or fifteen years it's like pennies a right. month it's just it's not even worth it. So that's where you have that balancing act. As an agent, you have to help your clients make that right decision. But as a flipper, you need to think of it completely with your head and not with your heart and say, look, I need to sell this. I need to sell it now. So, I mean, I just sold one today. I'm looking at the contract right here. Now, I thought we were going to get about 185 to 190 for this house. And what did we end up selling it for? One, about 160 big difference yeah. we still made a, a really nice profit I was wrong on on this one okay. I mean I'm wrong on on quite a few most of the time I'm pretty spot-on with the with the price we're gonna sell it for <clears throat> this one I just I just miscalculated but we're still gonna make money but I got to the point where we had it for about four months and I'm like well this one needs to go because right. this is tying up <clears throat> like we sold it for 160 <clears throat> excuse me 
<clears throat> let's say we're going to make $40,000 on it. So you're looking at $40,000 profit, but just as importantly, it's tying up $160,000 of our money mm -hmm. that we could go buy two other flips and make $30,000 each on those. Right. So it's what's called opportunity cost. There's cost to buy it, there's cost to hold the property, pay your taxes, pay your insurance, pay the utilities, cost to pay the loan every month, but then there's the opportunity cost. Okay. That that money's just sitting there killing you. Now we have another one that we have, and it's not the greatest area, we definitely screwed up, we should have just sold it as is and, and made a few thousand. We're probably going to lose ten thousand on this property if we want to sell it, and I'm, we're to the point now where you know we just want to get it gone. So we might sell it and lose five or six or seven or ten thousand dollars because that that property sitting there fifty grand is sitting there just tied up, right? You know. So marketing your flip or marketing the house you, you want to sell because you're living in it, whatever the case may be, the first thing and the most important thing is doing your due diligence and doing the correct market analysis, having your agent walk you through those recent sale and those comps. And most importantly, if you're the owner of the flip or the owner of the house living there, your owner occupied, you need to try to remove your emotion from the equation, which is hard to do even for me and I've done this a long time. You know, initially you're all about, I put a lot of money into that and I think I did a great job in designing the kitchen and da da da. And then you realize that, you know, you screwed up. And no biggie, just reduce the price, take what you can get, and move on. Now, the next thing I think on marketing your your property is as important, not as important as price, but like the next one down is curb appeal. So what can you do to make that house look like I want to go in as a customer, right? That, that home buyer wants to go in. So <coughs> what can't you have? How about, let's talk about that. Okay. What can't you have on the outside? Ah, you don't want garbage. You don't want just. How about a bus up on jack stands? Mm, why not? Definite That's, no. Doesn't look good. Uh -uh. No. Um, you just... How about dog poop everywhere? No, no. Um, no grass. It's just all muddy. You don't even have the grass planted yet. Yard would be good. Uh, fall. Uh, probably leaves. You'd want yeah, raked up stuff like that. Yep. Uh, just the basic common. You need to use your common sense type of thing. The outside has to be as appealing as you could possibly make it within reason. Okay. So curb appeal is important. That's why in a lot a lot of cases, I will literally drive by the house and before I buy it, and I know right away if I even want to buy it. Because I know by looking at the house, there's only so much I can do to make it more appealing. Okay. I can't move it. It's in the neighborhood it's in, period. I can't change the house on the left. I can't change the house on the right. Right. So what happens when I got a house that's being you know, basically condemned on the left, and the right side is a uh, a lot that's been torn down, and it's the the grass is overgrown. Right. I'm stuck in the middle. Right. So there's things you can't change, and sometimes you need to walk away from those even before you enter into those as as a purchase. So curb appeal. Next would be when you first walk in, which is when you first walk up on the porch. Or right to that front door, it's got to be pristine. And when you first open that door, it needs to it needs to have some sort of wow factor. You know, something needs to look really good in that first room that makes you feel like, wow, I want to look at more. And I got a good feeling about this house from day one, from the first second I stepped in as a home buyer. 
I got a good feeling I want to see more. Okay. You know, if you walk into the contractor still has his saw there and there's sawdust everywhere and it's not even finished painting yet or you know we talked about rooms being small so sometimes you want to stage them so the rooms look bigger you want to make sure that first first step into the house is a good one next would be uh, the colors that you pick again we talked about this before colors should be neutral go with that stick with what you what's worked for you in the past or stick with what works with other flippers you know you want to talk to them um, lighting is important make sure you spend a little bit more on lighting you don't have to spend a hundred dollars per light fixture but don't buy the the fifteen dollar light fixture buy something that's twenty or thirty dollars led that's bright and it looks nice lighting is important okay. uh... we talked about chicks and bikinis that is probably not so important and the, we can the, probably pass on this pass on the chicks and bikinis i'm going down our list here landscaping it's definitely important you don't have to go crazy unless you're, you're really selling something that's really high high end the next thing and these are all inexpensive to do everything i mm -hmm. I, I picked the, the least expensive was price that yeah. doesn't cost you anything just doing your research right. some time right. making sure and being flexible on that price. So, hey, you know what? This house we just sold it. I thought we were going to get 185 for it. We started at 199.9. I was flexible on the price. I dropped it, dropped it again. Just two weeks ago, we had an offer of 145. I said, there's no way. Right. I'm not that desperate, and I know what I know, and I know this is not going to sell for 145. And mm -hmm. I was right because we dropped it from 174.9 to 169.9, and I told. My partner says that this is going to sell in the next month, and it sold in two weeks for 160. Because I just I knew we were close on the price, mm -hmm. so you have to be flexible on your price and know you know when to drop it. Do you usually give yourself a certain percentage of buffer on when you're estimating a price so that you can be flexible? Like, is it something you go in knowing like, okay, I, there's the minimum I'm going to take, and hopefully I can get more out of it that way? That's a good question. We, yeah, we okay. do. I and not a whole lot. Like on this. This is probably not a good example. Well, we sold a couple recently, and I priced them right around one thirty-five. I knew we were going to sell them for about one thirty. Okay, that's not a whole lot of negotiating. No. Yeah. And I think we sold one for one thirty-one and one for one thirty-two. Okay. So don't have to overprice it because if it's priced right, you don't have to negotiate a whole lot. Good. Okay. So we talked about uh, colors, painting, lighting, pricing. The next thing would be, as far as cost, is would be staging, and we and we again we talked about staging on the last one, but staging can help. It has its place, and you just have to have it in your budget, and know when to use it and when you don't have to use it. I know guys that don't stage it, never stage anything, and they sell okay. a lot of homes, and I know guys that like staging. So I don't think there's a rhyme or reason or. A right or wrong I just do think if you had apples to apples and you had two houses that were identical right next to each other and one was staged and one wasn't I would think the one that's staged is always going to sell for more quicker right but what is that how much more and how quicker you right know, who knows right those are intangibles you can't really yeah, put any you, kind of measurement on it. the next thing in marketing your flip is you in my opinion you have to have it on the MLS that means you have to list it with an agent I list everything. I'm an agent and I still list everything on the multi-list. I want other agents to show it. I want other agents to be excited about it. Other agents are 
going to tell agents they know and they're going to tell all the buyers they know so you multiply that and it just compounds so as soon as it hits the multi-list it hits every website it goes on everybody's company's website it goes on realtor.com all the big name companies have it even small name it, it, the great thing about the internet it's equal uh, playing ground yep. you know playing field now so you can have a, a two-man operation and be just as powerful as an agency that has a two thousand agents mm -hmm. because it's all out there. So right. as soon as you hit the multi-list, it's exposed. So get it listed. Get it listed with a good agent at the right price. Make sure that the lighting's good. It's painted. It's got curb appeal. In some cases, you stage it. Make sure you're using neutral colors. Um, the rest of the stuff is really not as important. I mean, the you know, virtual tours. Yeah, good pictures and virtual tours I think is important. But, you know, having the best for sale sign out front not always the most important doing open houses not important at all um, you know having neon lights and, and uh, grab bags and like raffles and things like that, just not important you know right. one fr free month free months mortgage payment if you buy this house stuff like that it's just it's gimmicks it might make the phone ring for the agent and so the agent can bring new buyers to the table and sell them other homes okay right? right so it's a lead generator for agents just like but it's not going to help you sell the house right exactly it might help that agent procure more clients and sell them other homes it's right. not going to help you sell your house gotcha fair enough that's totally that's all right brother. that's very good i think this one was very informative well i I like to be informative. Have another carrot. Uh, we're, eat, we're eating good here. We're eating chips earlier. We were. We we're. You know. I mean. Well, uh, I, I, I did. You didn't have any chips. I guess on. Oh, yeah. On a on a previous uh, on a previous day. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. <laughs> but today we're eating. Uh, we're eating carrots. We're eating good here. At, yeah. Uh, at Yummy. New Year's resolutions. All right, buddy. Eat a carrot a day. No. Um, so, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning into this episode. Hope marketing your flip helped you out. Uh, Alex, we thank you, good sir. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Adam. You enjoy the rest of your weekend. And ladies and gentlemen at home, please make sure that you're following us on Twitter. You're liking us on Facebook. Um, find us on Google Music, on Apple Music, your favorite podcasting site. Search Deacon Hoover. Search Alex Deacon. Search Ian Hoover. Uh, and all, all of our different podcasting shows will, will pop up that way. Make sure you're checking out dhrea.com for all of our listings, news, updates, all of our agents and the like. For Alex, for everyone else here at DHRE and myself, we thank you and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.